That's us, right? Amen. Thank you, worship team, this morning. Appreciate it. And that song does speak about reaching the lost, and there's a needy field, the second neediest field, I think, we're going to talk about this morning, from what I heard from our brother. Am I saying the truth? Okay, you're going to lay it on us. Okay, uh, one of our missionaries on the forefront that we support, John Edwards and his wife, are here today. Um, I'll let him introduce his wife, who's not feeling well this morning, so that's why she's not in the room. But, John, I've been waiting three years. I've been here three years, and I finally get to do this. Ohio gozaimasu, Edwards-san. Dozo, dozo. And, uh, arigato kamisama, yesu. <laughs> I think I was last here five years ago to the day. It was also 9-11. It's interesting that uh, for the 10th anniversary and now for the 15th anniversary, I've been here to talk about ministry in Japan. And there's a... a, a a couple connections. One goes to, to Pastor John. The week before 9-11, the original in 2001, um, my dad called. And uh, dad had been going through some odd symptoms throughout 2001. And he finally got word from doctors, from an oncologist, that he did indeed have cancer and he had three to 12 months to live. And, uh, and he died. He died uh, New Year's Eve, um, December 31st, 2001. So 2001 for me certainly is the remembrance of 9-11. But for me personally, the more significant one is the loss of my dad. And Pastor John was at my dad's funeral. Dad was a pastor up in Elmira uh, when, when, he, when he passed away. Uh, but we also happened to be on home service, and we were living in Pearl River, New York, uh, in 2001. And, in fact, we had a Japanese boy, Hashimoto-kun, a little friend of my, of my son David. And we had been in Manhattan two weeks before 9-11. And, in fact, we had gone to the World Trade Center, and we'd taken the elevator up and had been on the roof. And uh, last night, I put up some photos of, of the Twin Towers and of us as a family with Hashimoto-kun uh, up on August 29th, 2001, uh, on the World Trade Center. Um, so many connections, so many memories, and, uh, and it just, you know, this, this, this day is significant, very largely significant, and yet another 11, it's 3-11, March 11th, 2011, 10 years later, or nine and a half years later to the day, there was a huge earthquake in Japan and a huge tsunami. And that tsunami and earthquake ended up taking almost 20,000 lives. And uh, the significance of that is is I had never been up to that northeastern part of Japan, Tohoku, and uh, the large city of Sendai. 
until after that tsunami. And our missionaries who were still in the country, I was on home service at that time too, but our, our missionaries started traveling up from Tokyo initially just to take blankets and heaters and water and food to the evacuation centers. And then after several weeks, they moved from that to cleaning out, cleaning less roads. That was still big, you know, the, the government workers and military and construction workers were doing that, but going into individually home, individual homes and help people clean out their homes, the homes that were still standing. And, uh, and the witness that was happening because the groups that would go, missionaries and Japanese believers, go into these homes and before they started working, they would pray. And then they would work throughout the day. They had to wear these masks because they really reeked. And, and then as the day would end, again, they would pray. And sometimes the owner of the home, a Japanese person, not a Christian, having observed the joyful way the Christians worked throughout the day and were cleaning their home for free, uh, would join the circle. And as a result of that, over the years, there have been many that have become believers because of the simple witness of Christians, missionaries and Japanese believers coming from other parts of the country and the world to help the Japanese in recovery. And in fact, there's, there, there's a quote from a, an unbeliever. This was about three, three years after the tsunami, after 311. Um, she said, in the beginning, everybody was here. The government workers were here. The military was here. Everybody was here helping us. But here it is three years later, and only the Christians remain. And what a powerful witness that was, that the Christians remain to keep going and help with the emotional, they call it kokoro care, kokoro is heart, kokoro care, heart care, uh, praying with, talking, listening to the people as they repeat their story and repeat their story. It's probably very much like 9-11, as people down in Manhattan and in New Jersey and in Long Island are telling the story once again because there's healing when somebody is willing to compassionately listen to what you've been through. Anyway, so we're in Tohoku, and we're in this city, Tohoku, I, said, I think I said, it means northeast, northeast Japan, and, uh, and Sendai is the largest city in Tohoku. It's about a million people, um, nothing like, like Tokyo, and we live on the very edge of Sendai. We live in the section called Iwakiri, and Iwakiri is... Uh, Right around our house, I mean, right around our house are, of course, other houses, but just beyond, about two blocks away, there is a massive area of rice fields and vegetable fields. And so a lot of our neighbors are rice farmers and vegetable farmers. And, uh, and then a few of our neighbors commute into the, into the inner city of Sendai to work, about a 10-minute a by train um, commute into the center of the city. Uh, but... As we've gone up into, into Sendai, we, we've had two tasks, two job assignments. And the first was to find a Japanese church to work with. And so the church that we find to work with is what was called Seaside Bible Church. And I asked this of the adult Sunday school class today, a little interactive here. Anybody want to guess where Seaside Bible Church was located? What's the laughter? 
It was by the seaside. Anybody want to guess what happened on 311? Yeah. It was washed away. It was washed away. And uh, the pastor was at home. His wife was out shopping. His daughters were either at school or working. Um, and his wife, after feeling the big earthquake, she turned on the radio and she heard that there was a tsunami warning. And so she drove back to the house to pick up her husband. Her hus- husband took the, the driver's seat and they started evacuating away from the coastline and all the roads were clogged up. But he knew the area and so he turned off and he went down these really narrow roads through the rice fields and he looked in his rearview mirror and he could see the tsunami coming behind him. And uh, that's his story. But he and his wife and their family and the church even though they were evacuees themselves, they were immediately working, connecting, networking with other churches and believers throughout the country and with Samaritan's Purse, and they were helping other victims. And uh, when we we met the pastor and his wife two years after that in summer 2013, um, they were overjoyed. They said, we have been praying for 30 years that we could have a missionary couple work with us. Because look at our neighborhood. Now, now they were inside the city a little bit more at a cafe, and it was during the afternoon, and there are people walking in front of the cafe, and they're saying, those people don't know the Lord. And we want to reach out to them. And we've started a couple things. We've started a kids' club, and the kids in the neighborhood come, and I bake with them because Mrs. Um, uh, Mrs. Naito Nozomi, Hope, her name is Hope, Hope Naito, um, baked with the children. And, and, and my wife was an elementary school teacher. I was going to introduce you to that soon because there's a connection to Harmony. And, uh, and, and so we joined them in, the, in that work. And after a few months, we did an English class that was a request of the pastor and of some of the mothers. And we, we, we were ha- reaching probably about 40 children a week that were not church kids through the, ch- the kids' club and through the English classes. But it was just exciting to team up with a couple that had been through so much, and yet their hearts were not help us take care of ourselves. It was help us reach Sendai, this corner of Sendai that the Lord has put us in, to take the gospel to the people here. And then the second thing that we were given, assignment, was to establish something called D-House, Discipleship House. And the D-House was, is, it's an experience where English speakers, some of them are from America, we've had one from Australia, one from Hong Kong, and four from America so far, and English speakers who were really seriously thinking about becoming a long-term missionary, um, come and live with us for almost three months. And they learn about all that it is to be a missionary. Because all that it is to be a missionary is not just leading Bible studies and giving the gospel. It's also about washing clothes and cleaning the house and shopping and eating. We have to do all those things that you guys do. Um, And a lot of times these 20-somethings don't know how to do it in America, especially the guys. Uh, let alone in Japan. So we're teaching them how life skills, how to go shopping in the grocery store, how to make their own food, how to do their own laundry, uh, how to get around on the train system, how to get lost and then find out how to get unlost all on their own. 
Um, so we're doing that and then giving them ministry experiencing, experience and showing them how to connect with unbelievers in the culture. And, uh, and so my wife and I have them in the, in the house that we're renting. We have a couple extra rooms, and, and they live with us. And there's something about having people who live with you all the time that they get to see what missionaries are like all the time. You get to see me for an hour today, and you'll probably think I'm a wonderful guy. Um, but the truth is, and you can ask my wife and you can ask my kids, I'm not always wonderful. Uh, and the interns get to see that, that missionaries are real people too. And we have bad moods. And we get angry and we get sad and we get discouraged. And, uh, and that's part of missionary life. And we want these interns to realize the reality of what it is to be a missionary. Um, I want to tell one story because it's interesting that even these interns who don't know Japanese, uh, or, or they know very, most of them know very little, um, this one guy, Andrew, he came from Michigan, kind of a shy guy, and I had discovered this group called Sendai English Circle. It was actually a, a group suggestion on Facebook. And so I clicked on it to find out what the Sendai English Circle was, and I found out that it was... Japanese people who mostly had lived overseas. Either they'd studied abroad or worked abroad. And so they knew English, and they're back living in Japan, and they want to keep up their English ability. And so they get together twice a week, some of them on, on Sunday, some of them on Wednesday, Sunday afternoon, Wednesday night, some both times and some just once. And they get together for two hours, and they just do free talking in English. And they talk about anything and everything. They talk about news, they talk about fashion, they talk about travel, they talk about work, whatever. I've learned so many interesting things um, by being a part of the Sendai English Circle. And occasionally, we talk about religion. And we talk about Jesus and about the church because that's part of my life. And as they hear about my life, that's some of the things that they get to hear about. And uh, so there was this one, one Japanese guy. And it's kind of interesting because he's actually never left the country. But his English is quite good. He learned his English by going to international bars. And, and uh, he, he loved, in fact, he loved to party. And his mouth, his nickname was Sam. I don't even remember his real Japanese name because everybody calls him Sam. But his mouth, I mean, boy, I'd, I'd have a mouth full of soap if I talk like him. Uh, <laughs> Because it was just the foulest that even the Japanese non-Christians were saying, Sam, tone it down. You're swearing way too much. And, and Sam and I had gotten to know each other a little bit. And he told me, I mean, he was just so non-Japanese because he was very direct. He said, John, I can't stand Christians. And I think that he took this attitude on from the foreigners that had been around. But it's like, you Christians are, you're bigoted, you're close-minded, you're stupid. You know, just holding nothing back. It's like, oh, thank you, Sam. I like you, too. And, uh, you know, just letting it roll off. But Andrew came. And t for some reason, Andrew and Sam would just, because Sam was actually a really good conversationalist. Um, and if you could close your ears to several curse words every, every sentence. But Andrew and and Sam just conversed a lot about all sorts of things. And it just seemed like week after week after week, Sam and Andrew got together and were talking. And they would, Andrew, of course, because he was there as a short-term missionary, would be talking about his faith and his story. And, and I remember uh, Andrew's last, last uh, Sunday, 
in Japan. It was two days before he went back to the States. And it happened to be in April, and it was sakura season, cherry blossom season. And so the Sendai English Circle, they did something typically Japanese. It's called hanami. Hana is flower, and mi is look. And in Japan, during sakura season in the spring, everybody in Japan goes and sits under the sakura trees. They put out a tarp, and they sit under the trees, and a lot of people, they go drinking, um, but they just enjoy the beauty of the place. And Sendai English Circle met that particular Sunday at, at, at a park that was full of the sakura, and, you know, group posing and talking about all sorts of things and eating and drinking and having a good time. And once you know it, Andrew and Sam are sitting together, the two of them, when it's getting time to leave, and it's like, you know, Andrew, we kind of get to get going here soon and it's like yeah 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 wait John wait John and you know another 10 or 15 minutes and finally ripped ripped away from from Sam and uh, the next Sunday when I met Sam at at the bar he said John you know I told you I can't stand Christians I'm not ready to be a believer yet but after talking to Andrew these several weeks, I really like Christians. I have a lot of respect for Christians. And that's from a guy who lived in Japan for 12 weeks who didn't know more than 12 words of Japanese, spending time with Sam, who cursed all the time and couldn't stand Christians. And now Andrew went back to the States, went into Bible school, and... He's now working toward coming to Japan as a long-term worker. And uh, it's just exciting, just exciting. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. Um, I want to tell you about Susan, because Susan is the connection, our connection to Harmony Baptist Church. In 1987, my wife and I graduated from Houghton College, and she graduated with a degree in elementary education, and she was looking for a teaching job. And I don't know how she heard about it, but there was an opening to teach third grade at Harmony Christian School. And so she came down for an interview, and she got the job. And she tells me that I think it was her, I don't know if it was teacher training or first day of class or what, but uh, she's walking through the hall, and one of the other teachers greeted her and said, Ah, oh, you must be the new teacher. You know, hi, Miss Emerson. And uh, um, what class do you have? I have the third grade class. You have the third grade class. I'll be praying for you. <laughs> so apparently her first year of teaching was one of those classes. But uh, she taught for two years here. And uh, the second year we were engaged. And um, so I came and visited quite often and got to know some of the people. And Susan sang in the choir back up here. And I'm looking now, it's like, wow, it's a little bit different. There's not pews and there's not the choir loft. And it, it, but, it, but there's people. And that's what the church is about. It's the people. Um, so it's just really exciting to be with, with you over the... I mean, we went to Japan in 1993 as missionaries. And from that time, I think initially it was the Pioneer Girls that were sending us cards once in a while and letting us know that you were praying for us. And then it was the Harmony Helpers that were doing the same thing, was sending cards. And, and then the church took us on and financially supports us. And so really this church for over 23 years has been a part of our ministry in Japan. And I thank you. I deeply thank you. Um, today Susan is, she woke up 
I guess she got up in the middle of the night, I didn't even hear her, and she was unable to sleep. She had a severe migraine, which she occasionally gets. And so she's laying down in a room somewhere here um, in, in a bit of pain. So uh, um, hopefully, maybe you'll get to see her after the service. Uh, but if not, um, we have prayer cards. You can look at her picture. <laughs> Over on this chair, we have some prayer cards, and it has our email addresses on it. Uh, you can write to us. Or if you want, we send out an email a newsletter about every month or two. And if you write to us and say, hey, we'd love to receive your email uh, newsletter, then I'd be glad to send it. Or you can look on Facebook and befriend us. I'm always putting up news about Japan. Um, and uh, so, anyway, I also have uh, a magazine that I brought from Japan. It's called The Great East Japan Earthquake and Tsunami. And it's lots and lots of pictures of the days right after the tsunami in the areas that, that we have visited and been a part of. But that'll, that'll also be up here. <clears throat> I want to uh, talk about the, the, the topic of good deeds. And uh, before I do, let, let's pray. Lord, I, I thank you. I thank you for when the church gathers together. I thank you that when we gather together, there's a unity of heart by the Spirit of God, by our, our faith, our belief in Jesus Christ. And I pray that as we hear your word together, that the things that we hear will not only build ourselves up personally, but it will be used to build one another up. And perhaps it will be used to reach the lost world around us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16. You all know this passage once you start hearing it. Very, very familiar. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. And by the way, the reason that this Bible is so big is because it's bilingual. It's Japanese and English. Uh, it's not the whole, oh, the bigger the Bible, the more spiritual the person. It's, uh, I was really glad when they put this into one book. I used to always have to carry two, an English Bible and a Japanese Bible. But I'm going to read in English this morning, if you don't mind. Um, Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Um, you are the light of the world. We, we've heard that a lot. You, we've grown up, salt of the earth, light of the world. Uh, but I think for a lot of us, like I grew up Baptist, and there was something about this idea of if, if you do good deeds and people notice it, you're kind of like showing off, right? I mean, I struggled with that. You know, well, why is that person doing those good deeds so obviously? They must want attention or, 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 or something like that. And so we, we, we downplayed, I, I feel like, I could be wrong, but for me personally, I feel like that good deeds were, were downplayed very much. It was okay to, you know, preach the word and teach Sunday school class and that kind of thing, but to, to do good stuff in the name of Jesus so that other people could see and noticing it was not right. But when you look at this passage, 
I mean, like that phrase in verse 16, in the same way. In the same way as what? In the same way that you don't put a lamp under a bowl. In the same way that you put a light up really high so that it's got purpose. In the same way, let your light shine before men. And that light shining before men is so that they can see your good deeds. And why do you want them to see your good deeds? So that they think you're really a wonderful guy? Or gal? So that they will praise your Father in heaven. Now, um, I, I once met a Japanese woman. Uh, I forget how. It was an older woman I met on the street. And I probably said konnichiwa to her or something. And uh, greeted her, which is my habit. And, and I, we got talking, and I think she must have asked why I was there. And I said, you know, uh, at the time I said, I'm a... Uh, I, I came here to teach Bible to high school kids because it's when I was doing high BA work. And, uh, and she you know, made the connection Bible Christian. And she said, I love Mother Teresa. I have great respect for Mother Teresa. And I mean, what's your image of Mother Teresa? Do you think of her as a braggart? I just don't picture her as a boastful braggart type of a person. But Many, many, many people around the world know about Mother Teresa. And the thing that they know about Mother Teresa is her good works. She cared about the sick and the dying. And that's what, what people knew her for. And, and, I mean, even people who were not believers wanted to work with her. And as they worked with her, they saw probably more and more obviously that connection. Just like this Japanese woman. Oh, this guy's a Christian, Mother Teresa. She made that connection with the God of the Bible and Christianity and the good works of this woman. And I think that that's something. I mean, Paul himself, I'll just flip to it real fast, but in 1 Timothy 5, First Timothy 5, verses 24 and 25, Paul is writing to Timothy. He says, The sins of some men are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. In the same way, got that phrase again, in the same way, good deeds are obvious. Even those that are not cannot be hidden. So we all know about, you know, your sins will find you out, the reputation of sin, and people know about sin, but... Paul's reminding there's also the opposite. There's the flip side. Good works will be known. And even the ones that aren't super obvious cannot be hidden. It's going to be gossiped about that this person is doing good stuff behind the scene. And, and then even in, in James, there was the strong connection between faith and good works. A, a well-known is... Uh, in James 2, 14 to 17. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself 
if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. There is something about our salvation, our life in Christ, that changes the way we behave. And it, our behavior is not just a decrease in sin. Our behavior is an increase in kindness and goodwill and good deeds toward other people within the church and outside the church. A second point I want to make. The first one is that our good deeds need to be done out there so that people will see it. It's a big part of our witness. A second point comes from Ephesians 2.10. And this is the idea. Oh, let me read it. I love using scripture because my idea is, and I tell the youth this all the time as well as the people in the church, is don't believe anything I say. Listen to me with a skeptical ear because I can stay in here and you know lie to you. Um, but God's word is true. And I really want people, because in Japan there's lots of Mormons, there's lots of Jehovah's Witnesses. They all call themselves Christians. You know, what's to distinguish from them? I want them, I want the Japanese believers and unbelievers to look at God's word and not completely trust me. I want them to trust the word of God. So Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're made to do good works. Whatever your body type and personality and skills and abilities, those are all God-given. And a major function of who you are is to be able to do good works. But before I emphasize that, you've got to look at it in context. Because this is a danger point. You've got to look at 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Our good works do not save us. We've got to know that. And that's the distinction between us and a lot of other religions and cultic groups, is, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they have to go two by two by two and visit the homes. We get visited quite often by Jehovah's Witnesses. And... And the Mormons, too, you know, they put in their two to three years of missionary service. And in Japan, we see them with the white shirts and their tie and their elder uh, badge uh, riding their bikes uh, around town. Um, for, that's a requirement for them. They have to do these good works as part of their salvation, earning their salvation. The Bible, not me, the Bible says good works do not save us. You cannot be good enough to get to heaven. The good works come out of our transformed hearts because of our salvation. And uh, it's an important distinction to make. To make. But going back to 10, um, we're made for the good works. In Christ Jesus, it's a beautiful thing when you see people that are doing good for others. And uh, th there's... a. Uh, Illustration again from our experience in Japan. There's a couple that are a little bit younger than us, but right, I mean, I think it was really days before 311, before the big tsunami, they had opened up a cafe. He had been a businessman, but he got interested in coffee and he went to some conferences about coffee and, 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 and also about, he and his wife, about baking. And their dream was to open up a cafe, and they did. And it's called Kotori, which means the small bird. And I asked him, why did you name it that? And he said, because Japan is such a hectic society, we wanted people to come into this place 
and feel like a small bird in a nest where they could feel safe and they could just relax. And they make the coffee and the tea. Well, they weren't, they weren't believers. But when the tsunami hit and they had this brand new cafe, it's like, we want to help. And so what did they do? They made coffee and they made breads and stuff to feed victims, to feed workers. And when they started teaming up to find out who the volunteer workers were, they kept bumping into Christians. And they were working with Christians all the time. And it intrigued them when it was months and months and months and months and months and years of working next to Christians. And about six months after we started working in Seaside Bible Church, we got to watch as they got baptized, the Shojis. And they, they, do, they, uh, they uh, went a few times to the, to the temporary housing, and they made meals for people, just very servant-oriented and helping people. And I always take the interns to, to their cafe, and I ask them, you know, in front, of, in front of the interns, and of course translate it, tell me again why you call this the Kotori. And, and they tell the story one more time. It's a place where we want people to be able to leave the hecticness and relax and rest. And then occasionally they talk about their faith. And they're always teaming up with various missionaries and churches in some way to help serve the community through their abilities of mostly cooking and baking um, and making coffee. Uh, so every believer, every one of us, we have been made to do good works. And then the final one, this is, everybody has a fam- favorite passage. This is probably one of my top five favorite passages. I, I mean, I, I love uh, 1 John chapter 4 and this whole connection of love. And, uh, you know, you, uh, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. I just, I just love that. Um, and, and of course, I, I like Romans 6.23 because it's the gospel in a nutshell that uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's, it's there. But Hebrews 10.24 and 25 is, like I said, it's one of my top favorite uh, passages. It says... And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm going to tell you guys a secret. Please don't tell anybody else. Um, my Japanese isn't all that good. Now, I could start speaking to you all in Japanese and you'd all be really, really impressed because I know more Japanese than probably you know. Um, and I can preach in Japanese, and I can talk with my neighbors in Japanese. If I turn on the news, I don't get it, you know? <laughs> they, they have so many different political parties there, and I just I don't understand a lot of the business terms and the economic terms. If I went into a school, if you dropped me into fourth grade, you know, I don't know Japanese history. There's just a lot of vocabulary that I don't know. And when I go to a Japanese church, and I hear a Japanese pastor preach... On a good Sunday, I will get half of what they said. On a good Sunday. 
And when they sing, if they sing some modern praises, I might get more of it, but sometimes they sing hymns that have been translated in old Japanese. And I do not get very much of it at all. So I have a question. Why? Why should I keep going to Japanese church if I'm not getting very much of the sermon and I'm not getting very much from the singing, the praise and singing? And why should I drag my kids there? Why? And that's why I love these couple verses. Because we need to be spurred on. One of the good things, I guess, or things about, about home service, the truth is, is America doesn't feel like home to me as much as it used to. I don't have anybody living in my hometown in Windsor anymore. Um, my family is scattered all over the place. And uh, America keeps changing. Boy, it's horrible to come back during a presidential election year. Uh, oh, do I hear an amen? You know? Um, and... And, and, you know, it's kind of nice to be in Japan where all that stuff is in the background. And I, if I turn on the Japanese news, I'm not getting it, so I'm not worrying about too much that's going on. Um, but, but one of the things that happens when we go and we visit all of our churches that support us and have been praying for us and give toward our ministry is a bunch of people come up and say, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm praying for you. Once in a while we get people, we pray for you every day. And, and our kids pray for you. And that means a lot. Because it sometimes is tiring being a missionary in Japan. And, and yet when we come back every three or four or five years and we go through this rotation. This is our first week, and we're going to be nine weeks in a row at a different church every Sunday. For an introvert, that's kind of an exhausting time, but it's also an invigorating time. Already during Sunday school class, the dozen adults down there were saying all sorts of kind things, and some of them knew things about Japan. It's like, wow, you know about this stuff. This is fantastic. You're not just thinking about your own little world here. You're thinking about things beyond Middletown and New York and even America. And so the same thing happens in the local church. It's the same thing happens when I go to Japanese church. I love the time before and after worship service because that's spur on time. That's when I can encourage the people. And in turn, they often encourage me back. I remember once, boy, this is probably 10 years ago, we were at a church in Long Island, and it's, the church no longer exists. It was an elderly church. Most of the people that were left, about 15 or 20 people, were elderly. But before the sermon time, awful timing because I was going to give the sermon that week, um, they, they had sharing time. And I don't know how it started, but they started bragging on each other. And they did it with words of thanks. I want to say thank you because surely she took a meal over to Maggie this week and I think it was the kindest thing. And then somebody jumped up and I want to thank the three people who helped to make the, 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 the prayer booth for the town festival and it was wonderful. Thank you for coming and thank you all who took the prayer request that people wrote out and are going to be praying this week. And, and they just kept going and going. I'm starting to cry. And it's like, gee whiz, and i got to preach? Um, 
But it was fantastic. It was spurring one another on. And these were senior citizens. Spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. I said in the beginning that good deeds are supposed to be before men. And, and, and yet sometimes in our culture, people don't want to talk about it. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a catch-22 because... You know, you sometimes, I read this quote some time ago from a politician in New Jersey. Um, Booker? Uh, somebody Booker? Um, Cory Booker. But he wrote, Don't speak to me about your religion. First show me in how you treat other people. Don't tell me how much you love your God. Show me in how much you love all God's children. Don't preach to me your passion for your faith. Teach me through your compassion for your neighbors. In the end... I am not as interested in what you have to tell or sell. I am in how you choose to live and give. And there's a lot of truth to that. Even though sometimes it's a catch-22. It's like, well, but if you do talk about it, then I'm going to brag on you. and, and I mean, I'm going to call you a hypocrite and other things. But, but we need to live out our lives as a testimony so that people will praise the Father in heaven. And I say that because I think there's some warnings that we have to be um, careful of. And I'm going to say this real fast because I'm already over time. Um, but the first is we need to remember that we're actually incapable of doing God, good without God. Um, a passage for that would be John uh, 3.13, but uh, James 3.13. But remember, anything, any capability that we have is because of God working in and through us. It helps keep us humble. And, uh, and we need to, to, to remember the mode, that, that motive of, of why we do it. Uh, another is um, be, be careful of your own inner motives. Like, for example, uh, I mean, you had a praise band this morning. Fantastic. You know, I am not a musician. And... I have to be careful because sometimes I envy musicians. Uh, in Japan, a lot of musicians have come up to Tohoku, and they have visited the, the uh, temporary housing areas, and they put on little concerts, and they move the Japanese people to tears. They get them laughing. They get them clapping along. The music is such a powerful tool, and I don't have that giftedness. And so we have to be careful that we don't envy others that are different from us. Each of us have different abilities. So let's be thankful for what other people can do that we can't do. And hopefully in turn they're doing the same. And uh, finally, the, the last one is, is The motivation of love. I mean, you all know First Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. And whenever we do good deeds without love, it's just somebody going up there like me playing the drums and just making a lot of noise. It's not a pleasant thing. Um, we need to do it out of a motivation of love. So, in reviewing, let your light shine before men that they will praise the Father in heaven. Number two, we are created in Christ, to do good deeds. And three, we need to spur one another on. 
so that we'll continue to do them in our daily lives. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for Harmony Baptist Church. I thank you for the people here. I thank you that already they have performed a lot of goodness in sending Susan and I to Japan and for over 23 years keeping us over there. Lord, I pray that you will continue to bless this church as they all grow in obedience and in confidence and in courage to live out their faith through good deeds in the society around them, in the places that you put them throughout each week. Lord, you're good. I thank you that you love sinners such as us and that you use us because of your spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. John, don't go anywhere. Uh, members of the MLT and Missions Committee, if you come up, when do you go back? We are going to go back right after Christmas. Uh, we put, I didn't tell you about my kids, but our, we put our last child into college a month ago, so we're now empty nesters. And, uh, oh, applause for that. Yeah. So far, we're enjoying it, but I'm not looking forward to going back to Japan without any kids. It'll be our first time without oh kids. Oh, my word. But, yeah. so, so we have a prayer request. We need to pray that John gets delivered from jealousy of musicians. Yes, yes, yes. And I think God, I have faith that God can answer that prayer. So. I'm going to ask a musician. Oh, great deliverance. Let's commend him to the grace of God and his lovely wife, Susan. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, for John and Susan and their family and for their, uh, their ministry uh, these many years and for their uh, connection with us this, these many years. Lord, we are thankful for them. We are uh, just... Uh, just thankful for your grace upon them, um, for the work that they're doing in Japan, for the relationships that they're building and, and the uh, creative ways that they're doing that. And I pray that you would continue to uh, pour out your blessing upon them, that you would pour out your spirit on the country mm. of Japan. Bless the Lord. Um, yeah. It needs you desperately. And uh, we just ask for your grace, your mercy, your love to explode there. Um, help. Thank you again for, for John and Susan and their family and, and for uh, what you've blessed them with these many years. And, and may it continue. May it grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord Jesus, strengthen my brother and sister um, as they walk through being empty nesters. Uh, be their comfort. Uh, give them great encouragement. Lord, we always pray for our brethren that uh, you would make them fruitful, continually fruitful. Thank you for the stories we've heard today of lives turning to you. Lord, uh, my experience in Japan was 40 years ago, and uh, the circumstances have not changed that much in terms of many, many towns and villages with no gospel witness at all. And so I know that uh, John and other missionaries in Japan would be earnestly asking, God, that you raise up the church, mm. that you win, uh, that you move uh, with revival authority, God, and bring thousands upon thousands of uh, Japanese people into the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, uh, grant that. Maybe we can see it with our eyes in our generation. And we'll thank you for it, Lord. Put your grace around them. Put your angels around them. Give them safety as they return. Let their uh, holiday time be blessed being here. And then as they go home, God, uh, give them strength and faith, well-being, shalom, mm. in their spirits, flooding out of their spirits to their neighbors and friends. 
bless their discipleship work. Mm. Raise up some workers. Maybe there's some William Careys in the midst. Mm. Uh, thank you for this brother who's coming back, Andrew, and give him fruitfulness as well. So we commend them to your grace. Thank you for letting uh, us share them today and uh, put your angels around them as we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Gonna ask John to stay up if you have questions for them, but so glad you're here. Domo arigato gozaimasu. Yeah, don't touch my mustache. Uh, everybody have a great afternoon. <laughs> <laughs>